Welcome to the Global Digital Banker. My name is Adele Grissoff and this is RFI Group's Insight-backed podcast focused on key trends, thought leadership and best practice within the fast-growing and dynamic world of digital banking. RFI Group recently held the Australian edition of the Global Digital Banking Conference Series. The series tours London, Singapore, Sydney, Auckland and Toronto and gathers innovators and thought leaders from around the world to share case studies and to engage in panel discussions focusing on the full range of retail banking products and services. On today's episode, Christine St. Anne, Managing Editor for ABNF Magazine, shares interviews with some of our keynote speakers from the day. Guests include Alan Shields, Chief Product Officer at RFI Group, Kate Cooper, Head of Innovation and Group Methodology at Westpac, and George Lawson, Country Manager for Australia and New Zealand at Alipay. Firstly, we hear from Alan Shields on what constitutes consumer trust in banks and the four key areas that organisations should be focusing on to continue this growth in trust. I'm with RFI Group's Alan Shields, who was the opening keynote at the conference. Alan, hello. Hi there, Christine. How are you doing? Good, good. Alan, your presentation was all on trust, and despite the challenges in the Australian market, consumers still trust their banks. I just wanted to get an idea about what were the main factors that were important for consumers that allowed them to trust their banks. My presentation was on the currency of trust, which I think is a great phrase generally because it speaks the financial aspect of of trust that that is inherent in us and the way we feel about our banks and you're right also that consumers do still trust their banks and they trust their banks in some respects more than they trust any other organization and really the crux of the question is what constitutes that trust because it means different things to different people and in the context of banking uh, when we talk to consumers about what trust means they tend to come up with a few different things, but the most critical of those fall into four categories. One is transparency. So be transparent with fees and charges. Tell me what you're gonna charge me and what it's gonna cost. Tell me if there's something better. You know, if I've got a term deposit and it's and I've rolled off and I'm on a low rate, tell me if there's something better. Pretty simple things, but obviously challenging for a bank where they've got a huge back book of consumers and, and you know shareholders as well. So those two are very, very sort of emotive and speak to the way consumers feel about their finances. But the other two factors that constitute trust for consumers here in Australia are very much more about safety. So one is keep my money safe, be a big bank, be stable. And the other is keep my information safe. So protect the privacy and security of my information. So that's really important because I think in an era when we're starting to talk about open banking here, being able to keep money safe and being able to protect information are going to be so critical in conversations that organisations are going to have with consumers about sharing data. Now, that's an excellent point you raised around that theme of open banking, Alan. Uh, Australia, of course, is kick-starting the initiative, but the UK has already moved to that framework. Um, Some research from RFI in the UK has highlighted that millennials are starting to trust more of the tech players now. I wanted to get a sense of how you see that trend playing out in the Australian market. The likes of Amazon and PayPal 
are trusted by millennials. And I think at an individual brand level, that wouldn't be any different here in Australia and, and won't be too different. You know, we use these tech organisations for our payments already. Perhaps we just don't think about it necessarily. You know, we're, we've all got probably some sort of card stored with iTunes or with Uber or with, you know, an organisation where there's, you know, our information is stored card on file. Amazon, perhaps not so much here in Australia, just because they haven't been, uh, haven't had a presence here locally until very, very recently. But that will change. So I think that it's inevitable that consumers will begin to trust more and more tech companies. And trust is built on familiarity. And so, you know, the more and more consumers use to shop, to buy, to do whatever, the more that they will begin to trust those organisations. Alan, it's always a pleasure to get your insight. Thanks, Christine. Next, we hear from Kate Cooper, who explains what Westpac are doing to drive cultural change to support innovation, her predictions on the move to open banking within Australia, and the importance of partnerships to drive innovation. I'm with Kate Cooper from Westpac. And Kate, you gave a really great presentation. The topic was innovate, innovate, and innovate. And you actually started the session with an interesting quote about innovation is the willingness to be misunderstood for a long period of time. Now, as head of innovation for the bank, how did you drive cultural change within the institution? Well, I think driving cultural change to support innovation is an ongoing part of the job. We haven't got it licked yet, but we've certainly made massive strides. And I think there are a number of different things that we've really aimed to do to make a real difference to the ability to innovate culturally within Westpac. We provide platforms such as hackathons and challenges internally, which are about surfacing people who have really fantastic ideas. And then we have a pathway that we take them through, which is designed to provide kind of a fast-running river through some of those roadblocks and challenges, through um, stakeholder engagement with their relevant boss, with their relevant colleagues, right through to ensuring that we have the right funding in place to enable them to work full-time on their idea and kind of really make sure it sees the light of day and then we very much take all the relevant stakeholders on the journey as we go and that's been probably our biggest learning culturally is the more you can involve people from the start the more you can have them be part of the decision making the more willing they are to perhaps go outside of the cultural norms a little bit in order to support innovation in the organisation. You've also talked about your experience in number 10 Downing Street, yeah. um, having to head up the social media campaign, but also at the grassroots level with the government's move to open banking. How do you see that playing out in Australia in terms of supporting innovation? I think the open banking agenda from an Australian perspective is absolutely critical for innovation. It certainly presents significant challenges for us as an organisation as it does for all of the large banks but I think the opportunity to, it provides a catalyst, a catalyst to really really enable us to get our house in order, be able to provide the best optionality products and services for our customers and I think that for me I see nothing but opportunity as long as we can get it right in the time frames that have been set. And then just 
point around partnerships and how important that is for an institution um, to drive innovation. Indeed, it was one of the factors that attracted you to Westpac. Um, can you give us a little insight into that? Yeah, I think one of the kind of core tenets of innovation is diversity of thought, diversity of input. Um, and if you only rely on the brain power of internal people, uh, or indeed the internal people with the loudest voice, and you're really limiting your ability. So partnership is absolutely critical to Westpac. As I say, one of the reasons I joined the bank, and it's about partnering internally, so really seeking out those change makers internally and supporting them to have their ideas, have their voices heard. But also we look to bring the best of the outside in, and that could be the large strategic vendor partners that we've had a long working relationship with but also on the startup community. And it's very much about how do we partner with the startup community versus see them as, as a threat or disrupting our business to deliver the best possible outcome for consumers. And so we actively seek to find ways to, for example, bring down the barriers of procurement such that they can do business with us in a way that is in line with their business models. Well, Kate, thanks for chatting to us. Thank you. Up next, George Lawson shares Alipay's plans for achieving scale in the Australian market and the five key areas of innovation they'll be focusing on for the next 12 months. I'm here with George Lawson from Alipay. George, thanks for all the time today. Oh, no problem. Now, George, obviously Alipay is a huge mobile giant. How do you plan to achieve similar scale in Australia? So we've achieved a lot of scale in China, but in terms of the Australian market, our focus is actually enabling the Chinese consumers who have Alipay to be able to pay in Australia. So what that means is that we're building out acceptance for Alipay, working with the, the banks and the major terminal providers, and we've got other acquirers as well, so that a Chinese consumer can actually pay when they actually come into Australia. So that's the limit of our aspirations in Australia. There's a lot of talk about the experiences around payments and biometrics. What is Alipay doing in this area? Well, we're pushing that very, very hard, actually, in terms of biometrics and things like that. From an innovation perspective, there are kind of five key areas we're focused on. So it's basic is what we call it. So blockchain, AI, security, Internet of Things, and C is cloud computing as well. So these are our primary focus areas where we're actually investing. In terms of biometrics, we're, we're using facial recognition to pay and also to open up and consume lines of credit on our platform. But the face pay capability is literally you walk into a KFC where we're piloting it, you have a screen the size of a TV in front of you, you would then actually order the goods that you actually wanted to and then use your face to actually pay. This is the kind of capability that we're actually working quite closely on. The other kind of area where we've got innovation is, um, is around blending online and offline experiences. So the idea of having someone go into store, see an item actually in store. Uh, you can scan a liquid crystal QR code on that item and then get more information about it. But the price that you see is the same line's prices online as offline. So the, takes that fear away from the consumer in terms of am I actually getting a good price in store because the price that you're actually getting in store is the same that you get online as well. So there's a lot of innovation like that we're doing. What about the partnerships? You've struck a bit of quite a successful partnership with Christchurch Airport. Are you looking at similar partnerships in Australia and perhaps with the banks as well? Absolutely. Partnerships is, is we're a platform play. 
So partnerships is everything to us. Uh, in terms of Christchurch Airport, it's a marketing partnership we actually have in place with them. So what they're doing is essentially going out to merchants and saying, hi, this is what Alipay is. Uh, we can communicate with Chinese before they come to market, when they're in market and after they've gone to market. You can do that under the South Island of New Zealand branding and they're taking a whole lot of sub, what is typically subscale merchants and providing them a national or a global voice on our platform. So we have another, but other marketing partners as well. So Incentia Pay, which is the, the old BPS slash entertainment book. Uh, they're doing the same kind of thing. They're actually going out to merchants and saying, hey, you can actually now digitise your uh, offers, not only just for Australians, but also for Chinese as they come to market. So that's the marketing partner bit. And we're also partnering with payment partners. So just today we announced uh, Bank of New Zealand are supporting Alipay on their terminals as an acquirer. So um, that's the first major bank that we have, but we've got a number of other acquiring partners as well. And we're looking to continue to partner with both terminal providers and banks in, into the future. George, thank you so much for your time. Much appreciated. No problem. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed the episode this week. To view the show notes from this episode, head to globaldigitalbanker.com. To get in touch with us, check out our Instagram, Global Digital Banker, Twitter at GDB Podcast, or on Facebook under Global Digital Banker Podcast. If you're interested in being a part of the show or would like to let us know what you think of this episode, email us at gdbpodcast at rfigroup.com.